Um, on. Still full. That's a good sound check, was he? Just one more. Yeah, testing, one, two. You'll, you'll need to speak more in the thing. Oh, right, I might. <laughs> a <bit> louder. <coughs> yeah, that's good. That was a good throat clear. Welcome to our Void Apollo Fit Podcast. Uh, Marin here. Uh, next to me is uh, Jimmy Thousand. And far left, uh, we've got a great man, Gavin Woods. Uh, welcome to the show, boys. Thanks for having me, Marin. Thanks, guys. Nice to be invited, mate. Feel very honoured. Mate, it's actually good to good to have you on. Often we get to sit and have a couple of beers with you and, and talk fruit, but it's not often we get to sit and talk water polo with you um, and be a little the fanboys that we are. You actually are. You, you've been mentioned a lot in the pod. Mainly by Marin and I. No, mm. most most guests have sort of mentioned you. Most guests have, uh, and a lot of a lot of the listener questions um, are specific to to you. Um, or before you start, uh, do you want to read out Woods' uh, his, uh, bio so people know who he is? Yeah, I got the short version because the long one was a bit long for our podcast. But um, So Gav went to, for those who don't know, went to four Olympics, 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012. Um, he played 345 games for Australia. Um, his father David was a two-time Olympian uh, and former coach of the Australian women's team. His sister Taryn and cousin Bronwyn were in the national team that won gold at the Sydney Olympics. In 2019, Gav was inducted into the Water Polo Hall of Fame. His National League career spanned from 1994 to 2012, 325 games, 584 goals, 112 exclusions, first two seasons with West, then he played with the Mighty Tigers. Not bad. Not bad. 584 goals. Couldn't have done without us. It probably could have. Plenty <laughs> 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 good passes. That's it. Not from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gav, how you been? What's been going on? Mate, I'm good, mate. Just, um, you know, keeping busy with work and playing a little bit of third grade, mate. A bit of sort of just hanging in there a bit, uh, throwing the arm over, enjoying it actually, playing a few of the older boys. Um, mate, yeah, I'm doing all right. It seems like the third grade comp's got a pretty good mix. A few, uh, the same as a few years ago, it's got a few of the older guys in a lot of the teams and then younger guys coming through, which means that you end up playing a pretty good st- style and brand of water polo. Yeah, no, it is good. You've got those young guys to swim up and down the pool and um, you know take it out on when things go wrong. Um, and then you got the older guys who uh, you know understand the game and um, you know can sort of ra- you know sort of raise the bar a bit sometimes if we need to. Uh, no, it's good. It's good fun. Pretty handy having pretty handy having uh, Nath Thomas throwing you the ball occasionally. No, it is, mate. It's actually I've really enjoyed it this year. It's um, been a while I played with Nath. Um, you know, and he's always such a a massive water polo fan. You know, and he loves the game. And it's just great, you know, being in the water with him again. Reasonably competitive bloke too. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he always pushes you, mate, which is good. What was that? Was it Sydney 2000 Olympics you guys played together or was it before? Um, yeah, you know, I played with Nath. Um, obviously, I played with Nath at West back in the early days. That's right. When I was real young, National League, and um, played with Nath in 2000 and 2004. So Nath went to Athens as well. Yeah. But also played with Nath in Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. yeah. It's good fun. And lived with him down in Canberra for a few years too, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. I've spent a lot of time <laughs> with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's happening work-wise? Mate, uh, yeah, and no, I'm still working with uh, Willett Partners. Um, mate, I've been there for 10 years doing the accounting thing, um, you know, which is going all right. 
uh, not the most exciting job, mate, but uh, you know, I enjoy it actually. And um, you know, um, they're pretty flexible with sort of family and all that stuff. So nice. And how is Big Greg at the moment? Yeah, he's all right, mate. Hasn't changed too much. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys looking yep. to sponsor a podcast? Oh, mate, we've just been trying to find the right one. <laughs> mate, I was going <laughs> to say, if you get Greg involved, he has, he has, he, he tends to take over. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you've been a competition between Nick and Greg in sponsoring the pod. Oh, is it Nick, Nick Willow? Oh, Nick. Yeah, he could. He'd want to he'd take, take it. He'd want to take it into a, uh, a food pod. Oh yeah, that's right. We d- we don't deal with food. Start putting tenders or. Yeah, well, we're gonna start sending some proposals. Yeah, we should do that. Um, Gav, yeah, let's talk about water polo. Um, it's not hard to understand sort of how you got into water polo at a sort of a, a young age, but what kept you playing? Um, end of the day, would you know? Obviously, I enjoyed playing and playing at a high level. You know, in a competition um, is something you really look forward to. You know, trying to improve and everything. But the thing that I just sort of kept me going is probably just the enjoyment and the social side of things. Yeah. You know, I think that's. Um, you know, I did play a bit of basketball in my younger days, and you know, yeah. and I mean, it was just a total different feeling. You know, the uh, that sport. I mean, obviously, I had a lot more relationships in water polo, but I think just the general mood and the social environment and, um, you know, it makes it a lot more enjoyable to play. I mean, it's obviously hard yards doing all the training, uh, you know, and the body trying to get through through it year after year. Um, but in the end of the day, you just enjoy that social connection with your teammates and just the, the feel around the sport. Because yeah. it was when you're sort of around sort of 15, 16, when you kind of had to make that decision whether to go down sort of the basketball path or the... Water polo path, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and I think I definitely chose the right thing. <laughs> 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 you know, I was pretty yeah. tall back then. The athletic ability wasn't too good. Um, I don't know how far I would have gone in basketball, but um, yeah, no. At the, at the time, I had to actually make a decision, and I thought I was. I was when basketball was really big in Australia, and I was actually a fair yep. bit of money, and um, and I thought I was actually one stage thought I was definitely going to go down that path, but yeah, luckily that didn't happen. Have you seen that uh, Netflix doco, the Jordan one yet? I have, yeah, the last Yeah, no, I did actually. It was interesting. That would have been your era, like growing up. Oh, yeah, yeah, watching yeah, the Bulls and all yeah. that, mate. I was right into it. And um, no, it was fascinating to get all that inside of Who, it. Did you have a favourite basketball player? Um, I did for some reason. I used to follow the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know if you remember the Admiral, David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Ah, nice. Yep. Yeah, yep. I just don't know why. I just, um, mate, he was my man back in the day. Spurs came yeah. good later, like that. They've been the one. Uh, yeah, they did. They yeah. had, they've had a solid team for yeah. many years. Yeah. What about water polo player growing up? Did you have a favourite uh, water polo player, national or international? Um, <coughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I had sort of one player. I mean, there's definitely as a young kid, um, you know, watching all the Australian sort of national team players play and you know we had a lot of sort of sort of big personalities in the team back then you know it was Daniel Marsden's mm. Ray Mayers and um you know even um yeah like Charlie Turner all those guys I probably didn't see him so much but heard about him um but it was just watching some of those guys play I was always inspired at their skill level and all that you know just to be you know their attacking ability and all that stuff was it was pretty amazing and did you always did you, you started as a centre-back and then progressed to a centre-forward as a junior? Yeah, well, I mean, as a junior, I, I, as a young junior, I played a lot of centre-forward um, and centre-back. Yeah. Um, 
but I guess I was and I guess I was a lot bigger you know as a younger kid and um, but when I got into sort of the senior team I was sort of specialised more centre back because yeah. I don't think I was actually like to be honest really a sort of a natural centre forward when it when you got it to the everyone's a big guy and mm. strong and you know you guys like Sean Boyd you know he's he was kind of one of those guys I would call like a natural centre yeah. forward his build and his style of play. And I think I was always more suited um, when I was a bit faster, obviously, back when I was younger. Um, and, you know, just playing that centre-back role. Mm. Yeah. And because it was a lot of your, your body position, you talked there about yeah. speed and agility. People look at you and say, oh, look, he's, he's a big size. But it was your, your speed and agility and your body position that enabled you to, to play centre-back at that kind of a high level. And how much work did you do on the technical side of it when you were younger? Centre-back? Yeah, centre-back, yeah. Yeah, no, I did a fair bit. Um, I mean, obviously, I spent a lot of time at the RAS when I was probably about 15, 15 up until like 21. So a good, good chunk of my sort of developing water polo career was at RAS where we were training like 10 times a week, you know, yeah. so getting all the training we could. Um, but I think we did actually spend a lot of time with the older guys, um, or like their yeah, body position and just working our ass off at centre-back, basically. That was <laughs> sort of the two main things... Uh, but obviously, playing a lot of high-level games is where you learn how to, um, you know, how to basically compete with the best centre forwards in the world. Yeah. Um, we heard a story of uh, how Nate got to Barcelona. Uh, how did you get to Barcelona? How did you get scouted to? Uh how did I get scouted? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> he was on the poster. He was on the turbo poster. That, that's oh, wow. right. You were, yeah, you, do you remember? You were, yeah, yeah turbo. You're the only yeah, Australian really poster really boy. White guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> it was Perez. Perez and, and you. Trust. Once you are, while you were thinking about how you got to uh, Spain, how what was it like um, training with Perez? Like, did you play against Perez before you went to Spain? Um, well, I just internationally, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I obviously played against him a lot, being a centre back, and he was a centre forward. Um, no, he's like he's like he's an amazing player. Like he's basically unstoppable. You know, when he was in his prime or maybe yeah. not in his prime, when he decided to have a go, he was fairly yeah. the ball. He was basically unstoppable. Was he the hardest centre forward you played against? Well, I think as far as, um, like I said, yeah, once he got the ball, he kind of couldn't stop him. Yeah. He was just a big hands, big body, that strong. You know, he'd, he'd just turn you inside. That was it. Go, he'd just jump onto the ride, basically, once he got the ball. But, I mean, he, was, he, was also, he wasn't the most intimidating or... Yeah. Dirty players, you know what I mean. So, yeah. while well, yes, you just had to stop him getting the ball. Basically, that you know, he wasn't. You always didn't feel like you were, were going to try and hurt you or something like some other centre forwards. Who was um, his teammate or your teammate as well that played in Australia? Also a Cuban fella, oh, Louis. 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 Yeah. yeah. Was it very similar to his style? Was yeah. Louis yeah. Similar? Well, he was um, probably wasn't as agile yeah. as um, Perez, uh, but he was strong. Like he yeah. was strong. And he had phenomenal ball skills. Yeah, I just remember really when he used to play down skills. here, he didn't get past halfway, but get him an attack and he'd get the ball, get a shot away so quickly, just had quick yeah. hands. We should get some, uh, for young listeners, we should try to get some footage of Perez. You put in the show notes. Yeah. Um, Gav, you mentioned before that you went down to the AIS at, at 15. So between 15 and 21, you were, you were living away from home. How hard was that? Yeah, look, it was hard. Um, as far well, look, all I really cared about at that time was you know playing water polo, yep. you know being as 
playing team. So, I mean, I wasn't that upset about going, obviously. Yep. But it was hard um, moving away from Sydney from your family and your friends and changing schools and, um, you know, living in Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> you know, coming from Sydney and, you know, where, you know, the weekends, you know, were always pretty exciting. <laughs> living in Canberra where there's, uh, you know, fiddling your fingers or, you know, you got to drive up to Sydney every weekend, which became a bit of a trek. So, I mean, look, it was, um, I mean, in hindsight, I sort of, you know, that, that those years of your life where you're becoming a young teenager and um, could have been a very different lifestyle living in Sydney. <laughs> but, you know, no, I mean, I, look, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way. Did you start yeah. drinking coffee in Canberra or did you drink coffee before Canberra? Um, I, would <laughs> I would guess coffee, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I would, sorry, Canberra? Yeah, yeah. definitely Canberra, mate. Is that a leading question or <laughs> just, no, just interested in coffee? I just... I just, I mean, you live there as well. Like, I just, I feel like if I was living there, first thing I would want to do is start drinking coffee just to keep me warm and just get me psyched. And yeah, I don't know why I thought of that. I'll just uh, move on. <laughs> <laughs> cool story. Um, so, talking about sort of young career, I just want to talk about the '95 World Juniors. So that was the t- that was the year where the, the Hungarian, sorry, the Hungarians played and they won that. But it was with Small pool, less players, and a small ball. Um, if you can cast your mind back that far, what was what was that tournament like under those modified rules? For me, that was the first time that there was any big rule changes that were kind of brought in and to be brought in at that level with some pretty phenomenal players that you're playing with and against. Um, where, where was that in Cuba? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. yeah. No, I do remember that surprisingly pretty well. Um yeah, that was yeah, that was the that was that obviously that generation of the Hungarian team mm. coming through that won the three gold medals. So they were yeah. they were pretty much dominant team, and so they were winning goals the games by ten goals. And then they changed the rules; they were winning by about twenty goals. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> obviously the goals like the goals basically tripled in the games the amount of goals you scored, yeah. uh, which was kind of good and it was exciting. Um, but it was it was interesting. I mean, yeah, we definitely had a few players who that game suited. You know, I don't remember Scotty Waterman. Yeah, he would have liked that. Like that. Ball, yeah. You wouldn't believe. Um, yeah. No, and we actually did <coughs> quite well. I don't think we ever had high expectations in that tournament. We ended up coming fourth. Um, might have had something to do with two teams getting disqualified ahead of us, but... Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. <coughs> on the record books, there's fourth. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Hey, before we move on, uh, this is a question of both of you. If you can change current rule, change it or add rule, what would it be? I'm going to answer a different question. I liked two-hand blocking. Yeah, you can bring it back to the rule. Well, that's the one I'm going to bring yeah. back. I like two-hand blocking. Yeah. Sweet. Would you, would you, would you bring back the Are rule? Are talking about the current rules now? Because I can't keep up these days. With yeah, I don't know the current rules either. Down, but but um, would it be a rule you would like to bring back or invent? Or invent. I actually didn't mind that. I've, I've heard them speak about it now currently. That old rule apparently used to get... Um, Two or three minor fouls at centre back, and then to and kick you out, the third, then you're, you're out. out. Yeah, nice. Um, and but what would happen is um, of that when they get two majors, is then players would try and swap out, and that's what often where they score the goal. Oh yeah, I think yeah, this is a trial, something like that. That actually sounds like it would change the game a bit, obviously. But you know, as long as it involves the centre forwards getting some action, that's good. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you don't you don't care about my rule. Or? I like Gabs. I was really Go on, what's your rule? Probably to bring back the two meter, you know, just bring back the tit, the corn. Sorry, that's all. 
Anyway. Just so that Nick could claim it. Nick could claim it, plus just I don't look as stupid. Um, Kev, what were some of the, the biggest changes in water polo over your international career? And you now that might be rule changes, that might be the interpretation, that might be the way that the game's played. What what do you think some of the biggest changes were in water polo during that during your international career? I reckon uh, it's hard to I guess put into words exactly, <coughs> but I think one of the hardest things playing for a long time was the obviously FINA and they're always trying to make the game more attractive and mm-hmm. getting them to referees different styles was basically the inconsistencies on how the game would get ref over the years. Yeah. And I, I'm not really blaming the refs, but obviously they're being told to do a certain style. You know, one year mm-hmm. we'd be going like it's basically a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, anything, yep. you know what I mean. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, it's the most technical game in the world. Mm. And it just changes the game so much. You know, and, and players mm. who are good at certain things in a heavy game aren't going to be so good in a, in a very sort of technical game. Yep. And I actually yeah. found yep. that kind of frustrating at times as a player. Yeah, just you want consistency, right? So at least Well, that's, that's right, yeah. yeah. But that's what I, I think we mentioned in the pod before. Like, one of the reasons why soccer is a m- the most popular sport in the world is because it's not half whistle. It's like it's quite flowy. You don't mm. referees don't blow the whistle. Where water polo sometimes there's so much whistle. And if you're trying to explain the rules to someone that hasn't seen the game, it could be quite challenging. Like because it's so inconsistent. Oh, yeah. mm. Hey Woodsy, uh, you played against Estiardi. Yeah. Who played with um, James Clark's doesn't rate him, but <laughs> he went to six Olympics <laughs> and scored the most Olympic goals. But like, what was he like to play against? Obviously. Yeah, he was at the back end of his career. Um, I've only played against him a few times. Um, but, look, I mean, he's just such one of those, you know, small guys where they're so fast and agile. Yeah. And as big as a big guy now, especially the end of my career, I used to hate playing against yeah. <coughs> small, agile guys because you just couldn't control them. I know, that, <laughs> that, that they, just, they just make yeah. you look like a fool all the time. And that was SDRD, you know, yeah. he was so skillful, so quick and agile, could read the game. So I'm stoked you said it because one of the common questions we get from juniors on Instagram and it's like, you know, how do I get bigger? Everyone wants to get bigger and it's because obviously they you know, they might find it, they get pushed around a bit. But again, for juniors, like, you know, Google SDRD, you know, he was what, five foot four? Like how tall was oh, this? Yeah. yeah. And is one of the greatest water polo players ever to play the game. Not according to James Clark, but uh, everyone else. Um, it's good. Um, Gav, while you were playing during that, that period, how did you balance water polo, work and family? Um, oh, man, it was a massive struggle. <laughs> and I guess just to, to give context for um, for listeners that, that yeah, don't know yeah. Gav, Gav's got, um, was while he was playing and training for the Olympics, he had three young kids, was for as long as I can remember you've been studying, um, whether it was your... Starting with accountancy, your masters, whatever it was, you always seemed to have been studying, keeping, keeping abreast of that, while also working full time, plus also doing a, a full Olympic training load, plus everything else that comes with it. So, how did you balance it all? Uh, yeah, like I said, it was it was quite difficult, um, you know, especially you know having the young kids, um, you know, three young kids running around. Um, know but it takes obviously the support around you the people around you and um, their understanding because um, obviously they were long days you know you'd start the day you know walking up the home bush 4 30 in the morning you know straight from the home bush to work 
um, and then went straight from work to either um, uni, bus, yeah, or back to training or life, you know. And so you're leaving home at 4.30 in the morning, getting home at 10.30, 11 at night. And then, yeah, not getting much yeah, sleep. It was kind of, yeah, it was a bit of a drain. Um, but obviously, you know, it's important. Um, you know, I had the, the family understood, you know, and they were supporting me, which made a big difference. And also the same s- speed, you know, with your work, you know, it makes a big difference if you've got a very supportive workplace. Um, who understand that you might, um, you know, need to have a little break during the day or something. <laughs> 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 yesterday, even sometimes I used to go for like a thirty-minute lunch in the day. Otherwise, I just wouldn't be able to function. But, it, uh, it, yeah. If you can go back in time and do it again, what would you change, or what did you learn from it? What, what, what I guess, what would you give tips for current players that you know got young families now and they're trying to go to Olympics? Any? Yeah, well, I'd say, look, I'd say, like, there were a lot of guys that. I'll say it is possible. Mm. I mean, you always think as a young guy, you, I mean, you want to enjoy yourself and you know do other things as well. Um, but you also, you know, don't want to get kind of. Yes, you are training hard, working hard, but it, it's all about habits. You yeah. Know? You get into these good habits where you don't just spend that three hours of the day just chilling out in front of the TV because you've got an excuse you're tired. Yeah. You can actually do it if you get into the routines. You can actually do the study, go do some work. Um, yeah, my advice would be, you know, don't sit back and just things happen yeah you know, for a career for your training you just got to go up and do it even at a young age you know I, I, that's yeah. probably one thing i regret i you know i kept starting for a lot yeah. longer than i probably would have liked to yeah. rather because i kind of mm. start i kind of realized too late yeah and i could have done a lot more when i was in my younger years yeah. well you definitely did tri- trifactor it is study family and olympic dream like it's and and what so yeah quad 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 <laughs> and Gab, during that time, how how focused were you in terms of would you set goals for career, work, home? Like, are you are you a goal setter? Is that how you'd kind of set up your year, your week, or is it not quite that structured? Um, mate, my, generally, my goal was just to get through the week. <laughs> 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 no, look, I mean, obviously, we had our you know we had our training program. I wouldn't say I had specific goal settings. Yep. Um, you know, I was um, obviously maybe in my younger career, um, or when I was younger, I wanted to, you know, get, get certain speed in my swimming or be able to do certain amounts in the gym. I definitely had those goals yep. when I was a lot younger. But later on, obviously, it's just my, the main goal is to do the most you can, you know, and looking after yourself as well in terms of prep, you know. And how did your training evolve over the time? Um, obviously, a lot of it is body management, but how did how, yeah, how did your training evolve and how did you um, manage that load? Um, yeah, well, I guess um, a lot of it was sort of dependent on my coach at the time. Yeah. Um, obviously, having Erkin for a good stint of my, um, you know, sort of younger years and the start of the national team, it was very, very full on. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and often you wouldn't need a break. And, I mean, to be honest, that was one of the reasons I was kind of keen to go, <laughs> go to Europe <laughs> and play in Europe. Not only just to get play against the best in the world, mm. but... You know, just mentally and physically, you know, I needed to get away from yeah. that really hard routine. You know, you can't just do it year on, year out and without sort of burning yourself out. And I think I was lucky to be able to do that, to go yeah. overseas. I went over went to Italy when I was like 18 and played a season there. And that was, um, you know, right during that really tough sort of training period. And I think that definitely helped me. I mean, and they trained hard over there, but it wasn't, yeah. a, you know. But you were professional, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, oh, so that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You had all day and they looked after yeah. you and you had... You know, 
know, you were living with professional athletes yeah. compared to in Australia where you're doing the training and then you're trying to do everything else. Any yeah. tips? And we had this question before, mm. um, I guess. And I know things have changed. Obviously, players can send videos to other clubs, but, like, any tips to become a pro? Like, I mean, you went from amateur to pro. Like, yeah, any any advice? Um Mate, listen to this podcast. <laughs> good, 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 good. If they've got this far into it, they're going good. Yep. We had a few pros on here, though. But not us, oh, right, but yeah. players. <laughs> <laughs> We're amateurs. Mate, yeah, I don't know. Well, do I have any advice? Um, mate, I guess, look, at the end of the day, you just want it. You need to want it. You, know, yeah. you want to play with the best players in the world when you can enough. You do the work um, and you make the contacts. You know, you can make it happen. Yeah. I feel like, and this is not to uh, pump up your tyres, but I feel it would have been harder for you, Nate, and that generation to crack through than current. Uh, And I say that because I feel like Australians weren't as respected in Europe as they are now. Would I be right saying it? Not sure about that. I think um, especially in sort of the the early 90s when you had, um, I think before... Before the national team didn't make um, Atlanta, that that generation and that team was really building into something quite special. Yeah. Um, and I think they that's why I think they're so disappointed they didn't make that 96 team because under Charlie, I think they really thought that they were playing a different brand of water polo and, and they were being respected for it. Um, mm. Like I think, um, I think when Nath was on, he said... Rudich had tipped them as an outsider to potentially win a medal at that. Oh, wow. So I think they were starting to, as a national team, really get that international what respect. Happened why, why didn't Australia qualify in Atlanta? Uh, they lost a key crossover game to Romania, <laughs> and it kind of came to that. <laughs> so didn't qualify. They so didn't qualify. Yeah, so I was just they opening. They won the, uh, the Unicum Cup, like mm. playing against all the top teams were there, and they won the Unicum Cup in Hungary. Yeah. Up to the qualifying tournament. So, yeah, it was a massive shock. Oh. So Rudich was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have that conversation <laughs> with him. Um, coming into that team in the it was the late nineties that you sort of came in into that team. Um, with a number of sort of young players coming into it, what was it like for you as a as a junior coming into that quite established team? I guess when you came into it, it was with, you mentioned Sean Boyd before, then a little bit after you, Thomas uh, Whale and Tim Nation came into that team. But as a junior, what was it like breaking into that quite established national team? Yeah, no, it was really hard. And I, I got a lot of sort of opportunities while younger. I remember I went on one tour, probably my first ever tour of when I first went to the Asians. <laughs> Sorry. Been Just caught choking here. Sorry, <laughs> boys. Sorry. I went to Turner. America when Charlie Turner was a coach. He was on fire to um, um, that tournament. I just kind of went at me and Ryan Moore went along as MA Bird. So that would have been about 95, been. right? Around. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but it was around yeah. that time, <coughs> yeah. And we all, it was, a, it was a kind of an eye opener that to us, for sure, with a lot of yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit different back then, but, you know, it was quite, it was really hard because, like you said, they had a they had a very solid team. Players have been yeah. playing in the national team for a long time. And it was hard to even imagine, you know, even get being on the tour with them, ever really breaking into that team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then how did the dynamic of the team change between sort of that 95 right the way through to, to Rio? They were doing okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah London. 
<laughs> I was reading yeah. the notes. I was like, mate, yeah. he hasn't got the ring. Yeah, well, he can, he can comment yeah. on the Olympics <laughs> after him. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, how did the dynamic of the team change? Yeah, well, I guess it was uh, a very, very different team. I think that was kind of like a really, oh, for me, it feels that way. I mean, they might feel differently. Yeah. Like, really sort of old school kind of mentality, water mm-hmm. polo, um, you know, like basically touring teams were back in the day. Mm. When that sort of um, younger generation came through, um, I guess it kind of lost all that old school sort of mentality. I don't know if you know what I mean. I'm not really explaining it that well. Um, but you know what I mean? It was more sort of that, I guess, the sort of more individual trendy people were just doing their own thing. You know what I mean? That yep. was kind of the, which is fine. It was just a sort of different culture of people coming through. Um, yeah. But, it was, but I mean, everyone still worked hard for each other, obviously. That never changes. And I guess you are talking about sort of the, the modern teams have got their more individual kind of players and the more they whereas in in the early days it's very much it team more first of a set hierarchy you know yep. what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you had yep. to earn your stripes when you're a young kid back in the day you know compared to like the teams of today where you know the young kids come on and they pretty much you know dust nuts type thing <laughs> i um one yeah, of my but, that, but that's an interesting uh, interesting yeah. i'm not having a go yeah. anyway but that's just kind of the way the culture has changed a bit yeah. One of my favourite things when you got back from London, I think we went down for some trip. I don't know. Uh, but it was the first time I saw you since London. And I was so excited to see you. And I was like, oh, Gav, what's, you know, what was it like? What was it like? And you just said, ah, same old. Like <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, sweet. I'll just, uh, just I'll be into four Olympics. And, uh, I'll get something it was same old. It wasn't quite like Sydney because my friends and family weren't all there. Yeah, but same old. What was your favourite Olympics? <coughs> on like not the same whole losing the quarterfinal again, mate. Probably what I was yeah, it was probably yeah, <laughs> probably, probably too soon. Yeah. But water polo aside, what was your favourite Olympics in terms of setup? I guess Olympic Village, everything else. I was always obviously being having a home Olympics. They can't be there. Compared to that, you know, it's like uh, Sydney. They did such an amazing job. It was like you know, it actually felt like a celebrity. Yeah, <laughs> for two weeks. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, it was, a di- it was sort of really surreal that whole period. I mean, it's pretty surreal going to Olympics anyway, but yeah, in your home, in your home country like that, with everyone and like the whole, it was like every single person in Australia was literally there supporting you. you know, I wonder crazy. if you had social media back then, how <laughs> if your life would have been different in the sense of like you know, more people would have known. But how do you reckon Gav would have gone on social media? <laughs> what's what's social media? <laughs> you got a good. <laughs> you got an Instagram account, I think. You tagged them. <laughs> Did yeah, yeah. no, nah, but like I reckon, in many ways, they having a home Olympics and social media back then would have been so good. Like, I still don't reckon Gav would have been there doing selfies. Like, I don't think he would have um, been. I get someone else to do it. Yeah, fair enough. Been a lot more stories coming out of the village. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Are they allowed to use a phones? <coughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was some rules with a sponsors, or maybe there was an Australian team. They was they had a rule not to use their phones because they want to focus on actual. Yeah. AJ just didn't call you back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be messaging him. <laughs> Everyone else was. Uh. Gab, talk us through some of those. Um, some of the big European trips for people that haven't been on big European tours. What are they like in terms of? Generally, how does the how long were those tours? Um, how physically, mentally demanding were they? What were some of the toughest trips that you went on? Yeah, like <coughs> obviously, yeah, there were a lot of very long tours. Didn't like 
Sorry, mate. <coughs> I'm not used to talking this much. I've got to be croaky. You're not spitting, Mike. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Marin will make up for it. <laughs> I'm going to get complaints again. Yeah. You too. Um, yeah, look, it was it was quite tough. Obviously, we didn't, being so far away, Australia, Europe, we have to make the most of being over there. So that we'd play in as many tournaments. Because back then you had to go on a boat, yeah? Back then. <laughs> <laughs> the airplane. <laughs> you're not much younger than him. Yeah, well, you know, Sydney 2000 was 20 years ago. Doing my maths. <laughs> Can you let him tell the story? Sorry, Gav, I was just no, trying to steal Yeah, him. it was really hard. Some of those long tours, you know, after about two or three weeks, you're just like, oh, I just want to go home. You know, you've, you know, you've been working your ass off for so long and all your players are getting injured. The, the team seems to get smaller and smaller. Yeah. And you're doing the same, you know, training against the same teams every day. You have, seem to have like 30 players. Yeah. And you're just like working your ass off. Um, I remember one tour, I was, I was when I was in the junior team and I was also just made the senior team. And we had, I think we had like a three, four week tour with the junior team. Mm. Oh, sorry, it was the senior team first, actually. It was the, yeah, we had the senior team first, and then the junior team were coming over. Um, but we had like a, it was a week in between. That week in between was actually pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty fun. We just lived in Margaret Island there for a week. Oh, nice. <laughs> I waited for the senior team to come over. But that was like, that was like, yeah, you just become a different person. Like, just it's just. That's not the trip where you got the cracked rib, was it? It is. I actually got coming home early. I wasn't too upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> who, got, who gave you a cracked rib? Oh, mate, um, I can't remember his name. He was a hungry player. He ended up, I think he's a current, might be the current coach at the moment. Oh, uh, yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, nice bloke, actually. I met him. Yeah, I met him in. He wasn't no, He's been on my top of one. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> on top of one. I met him in. I was centre forward. I was, yeah, I was only like 16. It was just me. Yeah. Right in the rib. I just thought it go. Oh. I just thought to go straight over. Oh, shit. And like, unfortunate thing was, it was the end of the, it was our last training session, oh. and we literally had no reserves. <laughs> I swear to the side of pocket heart. I said, Irkin, Irkin. Oh, I think I've done something real. I can't get it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let oh. me get out of the water. <laughs> I can. Oh. Yeah. I reckon ribs probably the worst water pull injury because they're lingering around as well. You can't do anything. You can't strap it up. You can't breathe. No, it just takes time to heal. You're talking there about when on a tour when you play against an, another team and they seem to have 30, 40 blokes and you've got eight or nine. Mm. I remember when one year it was over with the junior team and we are in Croatia and for about three or four days we crossed over. The national team were there. So Gav was playing in the national team and we got to watch a couple of their, um, their test matches. And there was this one test match in particular where I think Erkin was coaching and Gav was playing centre forward, centre back. So he was going two to two, back and forth. And the Croatians were just rotating players through. So they must have just had two, three, four centre forward, centre backs just rotating through and Gav just kept going up and back, up and back, centre forward for the whole game. It was one of the most phenomenal efforts I've ever seen in a game of water polo and Gav just kept going back and forth, and they just kept rotating players through. Pretty sure he won that game. Yeah, right. You, you <laughs> don't remember <laughs> it? <laughs> I don't uh, remember. Well, he yeah. explains why my shoulders are so yeah. busted now. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, I think you blokes didn't come. Hawaii, 2005, we did like a pre-season, post-season trip. Yeah, I wasn't there, right? Yeah, you guys go. Yeah. Anyway, we were playing Navy, and uh, they had like... Did you say tennis? No, nah, water polo. It was a, one of those water polo invitational things. Wasn't any tennis involved? Oh, yeah, tennis. There was a bit of tennis. 
a click now. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were playing Navy and um, we looked over and they had about oh, a thousand blokes on the bench. And the call was, oh, geez, Navy's got a few subs on there. <laughs> that was good. That was probably large, that was good. I think. That was a good setup. <laughs> <laughs> good setup for a small joke. I was trying to build it up. Jeez, tough crown. Um, what are you up to, Jimmy? What um, uh, what are some of your best w- memories from water polo? Best memories from water polo. Um, Gold Coast and the season trips. I don't know. Probably the. Winning the under 18s at Belmont. Oh, yeah, that's good answer. Jaden will be happy with that. Yeah, no, well, we never forget about that because we keep telling the story. So that's that story, honestly. <laughs> Mate, they pulled out the scorecard the other day. Jesus. Like every time we do some Belmont reunion, the story comes yeah. out. I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> I think you might be losing some <laughs> listers, Mary. <sighs> I think um, I think Jaden pulled out the card out of his wallet. Oh, really? Yeah, still yeah, got a yeah, card. Still had it there. Um, who were some of your major. Influences on your water polo. Um, yeah, well, I've been obviously the coaches I had over a long time. Look, Erkin um, uh, obviously taught me a lot about water polo. Just mm-hmm. probably about the mentality, um, you know, of water polo. He was such a different sort of coach that came into Australia at the time, and um, you know, we'd all sort of been beaten up and sort of wouldn't say we're soft, but we just didn't sort of appreciate exactly what the mentality was like for some of the teams over in especially Eastern Europe. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? And um, I think he taught me a lot. Um, and also playing in Spain under Tony Sky. Mm. He was oh, he was another yeah. wasn't a coach that said a lot. Um, but he was one of those coaches that once again sort of emphasized in those big moments, you know, what you need to do, mm. you know, how you step up and how you keep improving as a player. Um, I mean they're probably the two most influential coaches. Uh, and the old man, obviously, back in the younger days. <laughs> you know, taught me a few things, uh, a few good pieces of advice. Um, but look, players, uh, like Nath Thomas was, you know, he's always, as you know, always, mm. well, gives you a lot of advice, um, whether you want it or not. <laughs> but you two are always very but, you close. Know, he's always, he's really yeah. supportive, you know, he really picks you up and, um, you know, especially when you're down. Yeah. Hit, you know, um, you know, and you always had a lot of good advice. And um, it, I, was, I was very fortunate. A lot of the older guys, you know, mm. used to really help me. Like Daniel and like the Obermans. Um, yeah, I could you know, keep naming them. Yeah. And in terms of your career, who's been most influential on your, your, your post-water polo career? Sorry, post-water polo as in... Work. <laughs> yeah, work, family, whichever one you want to go down. Uh, yeah, right. Um... I mean, I would say someone who did help me who was involved with water polo was like probably Peter Kerr, actually. Mm. Um, he um, you know, has a lot of contacts and I guess he's always been a bit of a networker and, um, you know, he's you know there's a lot of people like Peter that have done a lot for um, sort of Australian water polo, you know, helped me get into the workforce, you know, get the sort of name put around and uh, introduced to a lot of people. And, you know, I, was, I worked uh, at his firm for about five years there are a fair few water polo people yeah. at Camp Strange you know, for a yeah, little while, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. And, you know, they used to give me all this on-air advice, which was very helpful. <laughs> but, that you know, yeah, that, 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 that sort of thing goes a long way. And obviously that helped me, um, you know, work out what it is I wanted to do. Mm. You know, you need to get into a draw, you need to try a few things, you know, with your work and, you know, where you're going to go. And, you know, he was very helpful. That's the best thing about water polo community. Like, <coughs> it's like, it's a unique community, but we, I think early pods we used to talk about 
I just it doesn't matter what club you played for or played against, post water polo, everyone helps everyone out. Like it's yeah. just I think it's such a cool thing uh, for such a small sport that we all help each other out. It's cool. Um, and Gav, what motivated you to keep keep playing for so long? I know we talked earlier about why you kept playing as a junior, but what what motivated you to keep to keep on going, to keep on striving to get to the next Olympics, the next World Championships, the next Olympics? Yeah, mate. <coughs> to be honest, the one thing um, I guess that really sort of kept me going and wanting to go back was feeling like we never achieved a good result. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, obviously in Sydney. I was a real young player and, um, you know, probably a bit overwhelmed with being in Anchorage and all that sort of stuff and um, I was kind of just happy to be there, yeah. you know, to be honest. Um, but then I went come Athens, you know, I was probably more one of the sort of leaders in the team then. Um, and we, you know, we kind of, we could match it with some teams but we were probably a little bit out of our depth just, um, and so we kind yeah. of weren't as competitive. Um, but then I was still... And Athens was, Erkin had just come back Back as coach, um, young, yeah, big right. young Figlioli in the team. Sam McGregor. McGregor. Uh, yeah. yeah, we had a few real yeah. good young players coming through. Yeah. Figlioli, yeah. Sammy. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Thomas was there. Timmy was there. It's kind of like a yeah. pretty young nucleus. Well, Mills, yeah, yep. thanks for there. The old timers. Yep. And Ozichuk. But we just kind of didn't really have that experience depth-wise at that time yep. to match it. Um, and so I guess I never felt like we got a good result against us. And I, I yep. both after Athens, I did contemplate, you know, sort of mm. calling it a day. Um, but then it didn't take long. I kind of knew I always would come back. I had a small break. Yep. And then, you know, and then the team was actually starting to go really well. And then in Beijing, we were definitely competitive. And, you know, we were, you know, we were so close. all the other teams. This is like pre- yep. prior to the Olympics. Mm. And then, you know, I mean, that, that was, I mean, that was heartbreaking. You know, it's a Serbian game, man. Yeah. You're up. How long were you up for? You're up for a fair few, weren't you? Were you up by five goals at one stage? In Beijing. No, in um, no, Beijing. <laughs> what? Yeah. There was one of the games against Serbia. Yeah, that was Serbia. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah you're right. So uh, for listeners, Australia play Serbia in quarters, and you're up by five at half time. Yeah, Serbia were like sort of big favourites. Well, they didn't win it. Um, or Hungary Serbia grand final. Fact check before we go in here. Yeah. No, we <laughs> were. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were playing like we were playing like probably the best game we'd ever played. We had five goals up going into the last quarter. Yeah. And um, yeah, and and uh, well, I mean, look, you know, we could make all the excuses in the world, but we just didn't hold it together in the end. It was, you know, it was gut wrenching. You know, we definitely did get a few good calls. And what was the if you can go back? Uh, what would be the motivational speech, or what would be the movie you would refer to? To get the boys over the line in the last quarter. Oh man, I was such a big motivational <laughs> <laughs> speaker back in the day. <laughs> uh, movie. You like uh, your movies. Yeah, you don't mind. Into those sort of game movies, though, you know. Yeah, game movies or game. Movies? <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I don't know. What was that? Um, was it the Zero one? Oh, any given Sunday. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, we flogged that a yeah. bit. That speech. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, Beijing disappointing in that sort of quarter final. So then come yeah, to yeah. So then I was yeah, I was pretty gutted mm. after that and felt yep. like you know we definitely were so close. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, I had another break then, and then um, you know I think I came back again, and you know, it wasn't that hard anymore because I knew yep. 
once again, I knew the team would be competitive. Mm. And I thought they're going to have another real chance, you know, to at least get a medal. And I know it was the goal at the end of the day. That's, you know, and um, yeah, they got so close to get it, unfortunately, like you said, in the quarters with five goals left going into the, in the last, in the last quarter. What was that against? Does it agree? Yeah. Who was that against? Yeah. In, sorry, in, in the quarters London. in uh, London. Yeah, that was Serbia. Yeah, Serbia. Oh, Serbia. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the game. That was the story you were talking about. <laughs> oh, there's so many Olympics. <laughs> Um, yeah, because going into that, you had influx of a few young players coming to that, bit of young blood yeah, coming yeah, into like it. Yeah, like, yeah, Younger and, you know, and AJ and, um, yeah, a few other guys. AJ said he liked to pest you with a few questions. Yeah, AJ. Mate, yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys that was just too keen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at us when he says yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> who, did you, who did you room with in London? Was that? Clarkie, actually. No, no, Clarkie and AJ? Yeah. They both look the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was Joel actually. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, actually, Joel did say, he, he said yeah. Gav was a good roomie. Yeah, well, um, that, that was a question on um, on Instagram, I think. Uh, Before we get to kind of those, coming back, did you feel a pressure to keep kind of playing? I know like when we look at the, the Balmain teams for a few years when you were, were playing, we were, we were all a bit skinny on players. Did you... Did you feel the pressure to, to keep playing National League and then to keep playing in uh, the national team as well? Um, oh, look, I always enjoyed playing down at Balmain. Mm. You know, I think you know, I, I hung in there as long as I possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank <laughs> you for it. Yeah. First grade, mate, so yeah. I don't think there was I felt any pressure to be there. You know, it would have been nicer if the other guys could have hung around a bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> You know, keep going. Um, but, you know, look, I enjoyed every minute down there, mate. I'll, I'll still be there if I could. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully Dawn yeah. back open soon and we can get back playing and I reckon yeah. I can get a decent crowd for third grade down there. Absolutely. Um, who were the best types of teammates to play with? Is this a leading question? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is actually no, 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 this is actually kind of a question like there's in for for listeners to go. Okay, well, who who do the best players in the world? Who do they like to play with? Do oh like no, to just play, like, do you like to no like you went at wipe and he says us. No, <laughs> pretty pretty clear. It's not going to be again. <coughs> Sorry, what type of what type of teammates do you like playing with? Um, who who are good players to play with? Yeah, in the water. Yeah, or or <laughs> even, but even but even those out of the water, like who, who's good? Yeah, to, yeah, what yeah. type of guys are good to have around the pool? Trying to trying to get some insight for our listeners to try and go. Okay, this is the type yeah. of player that I should strive to be. Guys that can go for you, go with you at a drink after the game, literally. Well, <laughs> that rules that us that's out. That's us <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. No, oh mate, look, it's guys who um, who just I love guys who, who get each other up in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy to sort of, especially when things don't go well. You know, it happened a few times down at Balmain. Yep. You know, so those guys that just get that positive energy going, the guys who lift everyone else up. You know, yep. they're, they're the guys I love playing with, you know. Um, you know, I wish I could have done that more, but I often relied on other guys to sort of help get me up, you know, and get the, get everyone you know, up and going again, get the adrenaline I think, going. I think you did your job all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this is a listener question. Who gave you the most goal assists? <laughs> I don't think I should ever yeah. got a pass from Marin. <laughs> I don't think anyone. Oh, 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 it was actually yeah. a shot. Occasionally, <laughs> you drop the ball yeah. and it ended up near you. Yeah. It was a shot yeah. that would get blocked. It'll kind of 
full <laughs> next to you and you seem to score. And I was like, oh, that'll count as an okay, assist. Take assist. Take yeah. take you had a pretty assist. big sweet spot. Yeah. Well, it was good. If yeah. something was either a shot or if I can get it next to the woods, it'll be assist. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I, I suppose I'll give a, give, give a mention, even though he can't be from his golf team the other week. I was pretty dirty. Hubble. <laughs> <Apple. Yeah>. uh, <laughs> no, he definitely was. Uh, obviously, he had a pretty big connection there. And, um, you know, it's just that understanding. You know, playing with – that's why it was good to play with the same guys for so long. You know, you get a really good understanding. And, you know, I'd always find I knew when Tim was going to pass me the ball or when he was going to pass it. So, um, you know, that makes a massive difference as a centre forward is the delivery you get from your outside players, <laughs> you know. And yep. yeah. Mate, uh, I was with him today. Thanks, I was I was with him today, and he I, I said to Tim, I was like, "Oh, we got Gavon tonight," and he said, "If he, that bloke doesn't give me a rap, I'm <laughs> lucky, lucky." I gave you a few passes, mate. Come on, just like relate. I'm oh, just a couple of rebounds. <laughs> um, there's been talk recently about there being back to a centralised program for the national team. Um, I think even just the last couple of days, it's been confirmed that the women's team will be based on the Sunshine Coast for the lead up to Tokyo. Um, Given your experience at the AIS, um, what's your view on having the national team together for an extended period of time? Mate, well, I think it's like um, to get that cohesiveness as a playing group definitely makes a big difference. Like training together, um, you know, passing together, just even you know, walking around with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that does help. It does make a big difference. I mean, it's always just a lot harder um, on every other aspect of your life, you know, especially yep. the older guys that have other families and stuff like that. It is. It makes it a very big commitment. Uh, but I think, look, I don't know how long it's how long that's going to happen for you. Saying like yep. indefinitely, sort of. Well, I think with the women's, yeah, with the women's program, I think it's been signed off that they'll be in the Sunshine Coast from, I think, early next year, right the way up until Tokyo. So I don't know how I don't know the yeah. logistics of it, but yeah. maybe they come and go from there and have extended periods. But even the lead up to to Sydney, um, Roman and Taryn spent a fair bit of time up in. Um, I yeah, think it was it Sunshine yeah, Coast. Or was that cost? Canberra, no, in Sunshine Coast. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's like that's not as a trade-off. And they got to go. That's the key. Be somewhere where it's sunny, right? Well, no, it probably makes a difference. Yeah, like you know, just in um, happiness. Yeah, <laughs> being somewhere where you enjoy. Yeah. Well, even just like be able to go for a walk or go for a swim, right? Because oh yeah, yes, it's an amazing facility. But I imagine not that I spend much time there, but it will get a little bit repetitive. Yeah, no, it's good to be able to just go to the beach or just you know, yeah. more happening sort of around the areas and relax and not do anything else. Get a Belcon and more. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously it will be a, a hopefully successful. Yeah, well I think yeah. I think it's probably pretty unique with what's been going on and mm. um, anything they can do to um, make things a bit better for preparation leading up to Tokyo, whenever that might be, uh, would be a big a big bonus. Where would you like to be stationed? Mm, somewhere sunny. Sunshine Coast to be nice. Sunny Coast. What about you? Gold Coast or no? Mm, maybe Gold Coast. We've got a good track record at Gold Coast and the season trips. Yeah, you go right. Trick of Gardens. Right. Remember yeah. Trick of Gardens? <laughs> that was, uh, which one uh, did you come to? You came to uh, Q1. Q1. We had a grass yeah. one. We actually, our end of season trips started really bad, but each year they got actually better and better. And, um, in terms of accommodation, not in terms of um, what went on. It was a pretty good bar. Hollywoods? Is it a burger joint? Yeah, <laughs> burger joint. Yeah, that's the one. A um, couple of listener questions. Um, 
We've got one from Tim's from Townsville up in the Sunshine, a bit higher than the Sunshine Coast. Um, he wanted to ask Gav if he's ever been sent out for brutality or violence. Actually, this would be good. Um, only I once got red card, only once actually, and I'd actually ended up, got overturned after the game, so I was all good. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was uh, down at Dorney, and um, I can't remember, playing Wes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember his name. Steve Cody. Steve Cody. <laughs> no, Steve Cody. Yes, you, you, you are no, Steve. No, I don't think this no, was. They did the have a few good yeah. the brothers. Eames. Yeah, one of the Eames yeah. brothers. Um, who I think it was Ian at the time. I don't know what happened. You know, he had a bit of a scuffle and Eames just started laying into him, just punching him, punching him. I was sit, sitting right there next to him. And else I grabbed him and I just put him, basically tried to stick him in the mud. In mud, yeah. <laughs> On a high tide. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was just sorry, just because he was going <coughs> to stop him from you know, unleashing. Mm. Yeah. And obviously the referees, that was all they saw. So now yeah. I, was, I was straight out for the game. But luckily the... National coach was watching at the time and saw it all happen and oh, I turn it. I think Wade took a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no bunker back then. Not no, no bunker at all. Yeah. Uh, another another question. Now this one um, best roommate. Best roommate. This comes from someone in Gladesville, I think. Yeah. I'll tell them who it comes from after. Okay. Oh, from someone you guys know. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, right. um, I, mean, I don't know, I've had plenty of roommates. Um, mate, you only really remember bad ones, maybe, to be honest. Oh, well, who, like who, who are the bad ones? Oh, well, AJ was funny. Oh, he's yeah. going to be cut. That was didn't the even have any good movies I could borrow off him. That was his question. That, that was his question. That was his question. <laughs> yeah. No, but what probably one of the worst would have to be Juggy. Oh yeah. He was a unique guy, and uh, you know, rooming with him, um, always had his challenges. He used to have a few unusual habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've had a uh, few stories about Juggy. I'm not going to detail, but yeah, there's he's, okay. he's been mentioned before as an unusual roommate. Um, I don't think oh. you and I room much. Have you room with Gav? Yeah. Yeah, I we got to start. Yeah. I remember it. You know how, like, when Tim was on and we talked about sort of which roommates go with others, and you were kind of like, in terms of intensity, maybe about a nine or a ten, oh, and I Gav's maybe like a two or a three. Would have been good so for you him. Kind of, no, 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 you kind of want people on the same level as you. Would have been good for him. I would have, you know, I would have been good roommate to you, Gav. I would have made you breakfast and made you movies. You're good. Anyway. Um... Do you remember the game where I remember Juggy was at you the whole game, just trying to cheap shots, holding you, grabbing you, punching you, kicking you the the whole game. At the end of the game, so I was like, man, that guy really doesn't doesn't like you. The Gavin Gav's like, it was one of like my best man at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, I guess he had his game, Juggy, and you know that was his game was to put other people off their games type thing. Um, you know, you never. I never knew how far he was going to take it, but <laughs> you know that's all right. Yeah. I mean, after the game, you're like he's actually a real, real good guy. Yes. Yeah. No, Remember when he made us chicken wings? We finished a game down in Melbourne, and again he'd just been bashing us the whole game. Then comes out afterwards and goes, "I, I baked chicken wings. Would you like some?" We all just looked and like, "Is this laced or something?" <laughs> kind of. I mean, you kind of respected it a bit. You know, the ruin they, you know, they put in 
definitely put in full effort and you know do what they think they have to do to me. I like those teams. Though. I like, and I think that was one thing with Victoria. It was like in the water, it was all on. But what goes in the water stayed in the water, which I quite respected and liked. Um, yeah, definitely felt like you played a game of water polo. Yeah. It was the one game he played at um, Horton Pool. Mm-hmm. Was it, uh, and it was, I remember we, it was 40 degrees in Sydney. We flew and I packed, I think, three T-shirts. We landed in Melbourne and it was like minus five. It was so cold and we played in the outdoor pool, which was shallow in one end. And we got literally ambushed. We had no idea <laughs> what went down. And then the following game, it was just wrestle slash fight. And it was like brutalities and all sorts of it. Good times. <laughs> Is that a question or a comment? No, I was just yeah, reminiscing. Just <laughs> I was just reminiscing <laughs> the good times. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we get a lot of listener questions around centre forward. So we're going to ask you a few specific centre forward questions here. Um, one question we get a lot, how to dominate at centre forward? How to dominate at centre forward? Pick the weakest defender, usually Frank Ghost. No, <laughs> <laughs> or, just, or just any left-hander. <laughs> It's actually, it's yeah. actually jokes aside. Like but it's, it's a good strategy. Like if you're struggling oh as yeah, a centre back, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, for junior players, it's like yeah, if put your ego aside. If you're struggling as someone, do a bit of a switcheroonies, a bit of pickeroonies, or yug. What do we call the move? We did one move one year. Now yug was where you drive the sixth position straight across the goal to open up half the side of the pool, and you have a one-on-one okay. on one drive from deep. I never did it. I was just, I was just, I just. <laughs> <laughs> you were always the one that had to drive across the pool <laughs> yeah. into the corner. <laughs> yeah, so I was. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted. <laughs> no, right, but I mean, I guess once you're sort of in centre forward, and generally you are playing against a decent centre back, um, I've always felt trying to be more not look so much at your strength. Sort of, you know, rather than tie yourself out, is to try and just actually be more mobile at centre forward and not get yep. into a wrestle. And it's more about timing. Yeah. And timing yep. yourself to be ready for when you know when there's a good chance your teammates are going to be able to deliver you the ball instead of wrestling for ten minutes, sorry for ten seconds or something, and then turning around being exhausted and then they might be able to get the ball and you're, s- you're too stuffed to ever do anything. So I always felt that obviously this timing was a big thing and yep. probably not getting involved with the centre back and then waiting for that right time to make a move, change position, and don't let that centre-back get hold of you or get the centre-back yeah. getting too comfortable. And then yeah. you sort of have the advantage. And then you obviously, with your teammates, know where you want the ball. Then you, I'd, I'd like to move out of my legs and move away from the centre-back. Cause, uh, well, that's what worked for me anyway. Can you speak Sorry, mate. Jesus <laughs> Christ, you too. Um, one of the things that you were unique at, or I thought it was unique, is like you did a little rollout. Uh, it was like a little stroke. And then roll out and get on your hand. Um, and I remember, you know, you used to practice that at training a lot as well. But like for young kids, uh, how do I explain this? You used to basically set hold position. Didn't used to push off. You used to take a f- stroke to the side and roll onto your right hand. And we used to feed you on the right hand and used to finish it. But um, yeah, like how would you train for that in training? Like how did you? Yeah, no, that was yeah. Catching them by surprise, yeah, um, and that's something you need to. Work. Obviously, you 
the needs of the, your teammates need a bit of milieu. You know that you're going, you often do that or you will do that in yeah. the for them. Because, um, yeah, without doing that push-off, I was probably watching, watching the Greeks playing, actually. There was a guy called Georgi Atrodakis, obviously mm. the older brother. Yeah. Um, and he used to send it forward. He used to do that all the time. And he used to score so many goals. That's probably where I just kind of got the idea and thought, yeah, he's that he's that similar sort of style, centre forward to myself. And that's where, you know, and, and off we were. And could you just catch that centre-back by surprise, getting their body moving one way. Yeah. But it was also one of Erkin's specific movements when you were doing when we do the the ten tens yeah. and that kind of thing. And one of the ones was always swim in, hold position, swim across, get the ball in the hand. And you and Sean Boyd both did yeah. it very, very well. Oh, yeah. I remember. Um, and we should probably see if you can find it from Olympics the highlight reel so people know what we're talking about. But I remember, and again, I'm just saying this for. Juniors, like you know, you used to specifically tell us where you want a ball. So training used to feed you, and it wasn't really high because if you throw it high, you get knocked down. It was actually quite low, close to the water, yeah. um, so you catch it. And again, like to juniors, like we actually did practice it a lot. So when it came to the game time, it was somewhat familiar. Uh, it wasn't made up on the spot. So. Yeah, I'm not never emphasise on Mark's playing and the moment of a couple of years of coaching was making sure the delivery with the centre forward is so critical. Yeah. And we get a lot of younger players who probably aren't so good, they're still learning, they probably don't have that same respect from mm. their teammates. But quite often they're second forward and they always get this poor delivery. Yeah. Uh, basically yeah. makes it impossible for the centre forward. So yeah. until, you know, the centre forwards need a harp on their shoulders. And that's, like, I think as a driver, like, yeah. probably I would also suggest have a go in there so you know, understand the feeling and also, what's it like having a shitty pass? Like, you know, and, and it, you know, like it's easy to um, criticize center forwards if they don't get a ball, but it's it's bloody hard. Like, it's yeah, the pass needs to be timing and on the spot. You know, yeah, like, that's and right. I mean, and a lot of guys try to quite often do get a bit tricky with their passes. Mm. You know what I mean? Do those sort of look away passes or time? You know, but at the end of the day, it's. I mean, they might, they might. Cash a defender out by half, this, you know, by a split second, but the pass is it's too far. Off, you yeah. know what I mean? yeah. So you're better off taking your time, just making sure that pass is right, and you're making your life a lot easier. Um, you actually had quite good legs playing. Um, uh, what did you do? Like, what was your sort of? Uh, did you do any extras to get your legs right? Because that's one of the questions that we get for yeah, centre forwards. I, I didn't. To be honest, I never had strong legs. Actually, I had pretty weak legs in the mm. gym. I reckon, like, yeah. To be Flexibility, mm. just movement, and just like leg work, you know, and um, and always like I always really just work my ass off with my legs at training. You yeah. know, like when there were centre back, centre forward work, um, you know, we'll deal with the weights in the water, yeah, you know, holding weights, and you know, it's just that, and it's not just strength in the water; it's also that agility in the water to be able to jump and move and use your legs. So mm. you've got to make sure you've got that good flexibility, and all your joints are working well, and you know, it all. Uh, I I said it in a few pods, like, and it's a bit weird coming from strength conditioning, but don't get for juniors, don't get obsessive by just being strong in a gym. And I say this to both of you with, with all respect, but like both of you are pretty shocking in a gym. Yet both of you had like amazing legs in the water, like you know you you had amazing legs, Jimmy as well on a two post and Gav. Like, it, to me, it's like that for juniors. Again, it's like. Do as what Gav said as well. Like do your weights in the water. Make it more water pool specific rather than just get strong in the gym. Um, 
because potentially you're wasting a lot of time and effort for no result. So, wouldn't say shocking in the gym. <laughs> you're, <laughs> look, you're pretty bad. Like you're benching a bar. Yeah, yeah but look, I, well, I think it's a heavy bar. You always saw it all, but like that yeah. CRX stuff in the gym. It's more about building the body, the core stability. You know, getting your the support muscles ready to support the right the muscles to work in the water. Yeah, I mean that for me was. Yeah much more beneficial than getting in the gym and just you know, pumping weights yeah i mean as a center forward sometimes that might work but the most players in my center forwards it's not really going to make that much of a difference how did you go like um speaking of putting weight i know it was one stage of Erkin wanted you to put hollow to weight and i remember training with you in balmain and it was like you trained bloody hard and you remember you're trying to eat really well to put on the weight but how did you what what was your ultimate weight like what how did you measure I mean, I always struggled with it. I was always trying to put on weight, you know, yeah. playing, especially when I started playing more centre forward. Mm. Um, it was, like, I think if I could ever get up to 100, I would be happy. Yeah. I to try and get to 105. Don't have any problems now, but back when I was Yeah, yeah it's a bit different now. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, it's almost impossible. And, I, when I, and, you know, without doing all the weights and just eating non-stop, um, you know, as soon as I start, as soon as I go into heavy training where it all just falls off. And did, yeah, did you lose much weight? during olympics how much weight would you lose in a week two of olympics or did you lose, lose much weight well no you wouldn't um well the funny thing with the olympics um is you generally taper off you yeah you kind of taper off a bit obviously for stuff before the olympics so your training load's not so heavy yeah you actually need to actually watch a bit you know especially when you go in the village and Mate, it, was like it was a holiday for him he had two <laughs> weeks <laughs> off the kids weren't allowed <laughs> in like he had an open pantry with, yeah you know every different type of food <coughs> Yeah, just, <laughs> just wander up there a few times, um, but yeah, because you do taper off, especially yeah. when it's over a two-week, one day on, one yeah, day right. off. Um, the risk you actually learn, you risk um, sort of losing a bit losing of fitness. fitness, yeah. Um, and that is actually uh, yeah, was a bit of a problem, you know, because you know you want to save your energy and all that sort of stuff, um, especially with the guys who don't get a lot of minutes. It's actually yeah, it was harder, yeah. Did you lose much weight playing during it? In the um, probably a little bit, not too much, yeah. and that was but that was game every day, so it's probably yeah. a little bit different. I used to find, and it's different, obviously. Junior, well, I don't know, play Olympics, but uh, juniors, you play every every day. Every day, yeah. I always used to lose about five kilos by the end of the second week. I just could not keep it on. Um, which modern centre forwards do you like to watch, and why? question that was actually one of my questions Hello, yeah. that's a question from yeah. oh, it doesn't have, it doesn't need to be a modern center forward what other center forwards do you like do you like to watch and why yeah well center forwards are quite i mean they're all very different they've yep. got their own styles and what yep. different things work for center forward and how to play in their own way um so it's, i mean look i've obviously seen joe play like he's a sort of um i guess he's big strong got the ball skills you know i like watching those center forwards yep. break all the scores yeah. you know what yep. i mean they're, they're pretty Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's I think it's pretty impressive when you see the, the, the ability to finish and put goals away. Joel Swift, yeah. Jamie Beesworth, I thought they were uh, I like what you like Joel Swift was uh, I used to like watching him. I know that's I didn't, like didn't like playing against no, him. No, well, I didn't like playing any of them. 
Um, I don't know if it's a question. Anything else? Anything, anything else, man? Anything else you want to add? I just yeah. want to be part of it. Yeah. I was going to ask Gav about any centre forward tips of you, like, like drills Gav to answer. do. Like, do you want to? Like Gav answer, and I'll just go on top and just start. Um, it, what what drills in particular do you think centre forwards, young centre forwards, should be working on? Mate, look, I think it's um, yeah, it's quite hard. I think, but generally, I think it's hard as a, as a nineteen to be the player who's resting. You hate resting mm. centre forwards at the back of training. Um, but it's probably one of the most important things to learn is just not just, you know, as a workout, but more so just learning how to move yep. and learning how to get in the right position with a player who you're resting with. I think that's one of those drills as a centre forward and a centre back even. You know, there's mm. two lots of wild yep. things you learn while through wild training. It's not the most fun drill, um, but it's something you probably will try and stamp in your training position. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, question for either of you, Kev. What do you put down your What do you put down your success to? Like when you look at your, you look back at your your career and how successful it was. What do you put that down to? Do you put that down to hard work? Do you put that? What do you put it down to? Um, I don't know. I guess uh, just sort of. I mean, look, I think I was pretty fortunate in a lot of areas. Um, um, you know, living next to Dorney and all that sort of mm. stuff, and it was all very easy and accessible. I guess, I guess just persistence. I don't know, you know, and you keep sticking at something, and you know, you know, you always have setbacks and things don't go to plan, and um, you know, it's just persistence at the end of the day. You know, you keep working at it. I don't know. I think that's probably the one thing I can <coughs> say I would have done. Mm. You know, um, with no real sort of setbacks. You know. Yeah. And Marin, did you want to chime in on that one? You got any? Ah, that's pretty good. Okay, can say so. I'll uh, roll with that. Um, you've. Yeah, we see you now coaching, coaching uh, some Sorry. of the Balmain junior teams. Um, how hard is it coaching kids who have just started playing water polo? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite challenging. <laughs> it's very challenging. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning as I go. <coughs> yeah. Just trying to get nine and ten year olds to um, to stay, stay in the one spot and resting is probably the hardest bit. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, teaching egg beater will be challenging. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, it is, actually. I'm just <coughs> learning that out now. I yeah. don't ever remember trying to learn it myself. Um, but there are some kids that just naturally jump in and they yeah. do it straight away. Yeah. Um, and then there's ones that it just doesn't happen naturally, and then it's quite a challenge for them to sort of that's an unnatural sort of movement. It'd be an interesting survey to take because I think, like, I don't remember having to learn how to egg beater. I'm sure you – like, it's yeah. – yeah, like, how many – National League or elite players have actually, if they had to learn egg beater and then how did they do it? I know a few kids. Actually, I'm thinking about Matt Savile. Actually, a junior play for Bowman. He, he would egg beater in the same way, so they had to kind of reteach him to do one at a time rather than going. He used to go same way, but it worked for him. I was having this conversation with one of my sisters about when you do egg beater, which way your legs move. Yeah. Goes around the circle, doesn't it? It's a sort of an actual. You go, you are you like in your mind. You feel like your legs moving in a certain direction, even though yes, it's going in a circle. Yeah, but where you're putting the pressure. And some people do it differently. I've, I've since worked out. I've found. I think I go in. I think both my legs go yeah. in. Yeah, so heel so goes inward in. Inward circles. Inward circles. I think I'm in. See, I go out. You go out. I you go. Out. I believe I go. 
that's in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was our problem then, man. Thanks for telling us. Yeah, that was 101. Should have been going out the whole time. But it is. It is, it is, it is. Like I remember like <coughs> doing a bit of coaching back in the day and trying to get his kids out of the water and just trying to figure it out. And it's like it's it's a bit of an unnatural movement for humans. And then, you know, like it's 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 a tough one. So if anyone out there has figured out a best drill to teach kids. But that said, even there would be very rarely would I be sitting in one position just putting legs around in circles. Quite often I'd be pushing to the side, pushing forwards, pushing backwards. It wouldn't just be but what if you're just doing in hands up out of the water. Yeah, that I'd be sitting in a position, legs going around forward and backwards. But even if I'm if I'm passing onto a left hand or cross, even catching cross body, my legs are always moving. So d- hold on. When you're passing, actually question both of you. Did you used to egg beat up when you pass or you used to do breaststroke kick to catch and pass? Most of the time I'd do egg beater kick. Um, and the then, whole but time. if I yeah, but if I am actually coming up to shoot, then I might do a breaststroke kick. But even then, I'd probably try and keep my base as stable as possible. So you got egg beater the whole. So if you, if three of us are passing in a triangle, would you just egg beater the whole time? I'd throw occasional breaststroke in. Yeah. Well, you, you, yeah. you breast. Kick? Probably just passing the drills. Yeah. And just do straight egg beater. Just the whole I don't time. Really see that drill where you just sort of come up and go forward. Yeah. 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 See, I was thought to go up breaststroke kick to catch, little half quick to kind of balance, and another big kick to pass if I'm catching and passing. And then you better was just to float around. <laughs> just to float around? <laughs> just to stick around. Probably the float is still always fine. It's logical about balance. Yeah. It was that half kick though. I think it was yeah. a key. And I remember a few coaches used to teach actually train the half breaststroke kick. It was like full kick, half kick mm. for that get up the water, stay. There was that parachute drill. Remember, mm. Guy Newman used to t- when he coaches used to do that parachute when you got to go come up. I think it was a goalie drill. Mm. You got to come up, but then try to really go down slowly. It burned. Yeah, it used to burn. But I used to find that helped my balance in the water. <laughs> yeah, good chat. Um. Gab, what was the best advice you received? Best advice I received? Um, oh, okay, well, the most memorable advice was actually the old man. I think I would have been, um, you know, uh, I don't know, 12 years old or something, playing like the state nationals down in Wollongong. And um, I was pretty big and it was the first time I ever made a state team or anything like that. And I was sort of battling a bit playing a bit of centre forward and doing all this hard work in centre forward and just not getting any results. Mm. Just like turning in, doing this and maybe a bit of exclusion but nothing was really happening and the old man just said, just put the bloody ball away. <laughs> <laughs> just pick the ball, just get the ball. I'm thinking about everything else except putting the ball, ball away. in the net, yeah. And it was actually something I've always, that tournament, the very next game, it made a world of difference. I yeah. stopped thinking about worrying about all this other stuff at centre forward. Mm. When the ball was there, get it, just throw it in the back of the net. And I just... Change everything. Little bit of advice. Uh, what was the best yeah. advice that Gav gave you? One of the things that always stuck with me was we had a few. We had a lot of coaches that coached with us at Balmain, and some 
at times we'd probably disagree with kind of the, the approach that they were kind of taking. And I'd always look to Gavin and go, like, shouldn't we do this, this and this? And Gavin just looking and go, well, he's the coach, he's the coach for a reason. And we play to what the coach tells us to play. And you don't question that. If everyone starts going off and doing their own thing and thinking that they're doing something better, then no one will, the team will be terrible because you're trying to do all different things. Stick to the structure, stick to what the coach is telling you. And you can learn from absolutely every single coach that you have. And that's probably the biggest thing that's kind of stuck with me. You're giving me a lot of advice. Uh, a lot of them was actually uh, away from a pool to finish my beer and hurry up. But why don't, I, why <laughs> don't I give him a shout with Gav. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna drink this. Your man's not on a camel. Um, uh, but uh, one of the advice you gave me was actually in Hobart, and I'll never forget it. it was we were passing in a warm up for a game, and um, you told me never to go to the toilet. Look to say my number twos. Uh, Right before the game, because apparently if you save your number twos, uh, you save all the nutrients. <laughs> 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 I don't believe that. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. you, you just didn't want you to run off again <laughs> yeah. to go to the bathroom for the tenth time before the game. Yeah, and then and then just before lineup was you was missing. There's been a few lineups you were missing. Uh, obviously saving your nutrients. So and then you a bit lighter. A bit lighter, yeah. Good, good tips. The other one was like I used to get zoned off a lot, and yeah. I'd be like, Gab, so like. When there's only on me, where do you want me to pass the ball? And he's like, just come in and slam the ball in the back of the net, then we can all have a break. Oh, okay, thanks. I still passed it. <laughs> Good. Um, and what advice do you now pass on to juniors, now that we've given our two cents? Uh, to juniors. Um, mate, I don't know. I'd probably, obviously, work hard, enjoy yourself. Mm. You know, I think with young kids, you know, they get... Especially if they get fired up or frustrated and stuff, it's kind of. I'm not. I'm only just sort of getting involved a bit more now with young kids now, so I haven't given too much advice to them. <laughs> but you know, I think you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you're young and you, you know, you're winning in the game, you know, you want to enjoy it because that's what makes you successful. Yeah. You know, you don't just you know, get frustrated because everyone you know has got a bad attitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything you want to add to that? Oh, I just have. I'll just yeah. reminiscing. Just have yeah, some good times and you know, just yeah. Yeah, mate, I reckon, Gabe, we can talk to you all night, but um, don't want to keep you up for too long. (laughs) Mate, thank you very much for doing this, and we'll probably have to do a part two. Um, We'll also have to give both of you a lesson how to use a microphone, but... uh, (laughs) Righto, Captain. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you.